Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Hey, welcome to another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast and video. It's Rick Hyland. I'm coming to you again on the topic of delegation. Lots of questions, comments, lots of people ask for the PDF about how to delegate well. The main principles in that were really clear expectations, great training and follow-up, and of course, um, tracking in the KPI. But uh, lots of comments and questions. So I've decided to do a second one today called Delegation Part 2. And this one will talk more specifically about using an EA to leverage your skill set using Stephen Covey's language getting you to quadrant to the important non-urgent items or using Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy's language, how to get to your unique ability more so that you can delegate the tactical uh, skills or tasks so that you can stay in quadrant two. You can stay using your best time and leverage. Remember our vision and goal at Continuous Improvement for Life is to help executives, leaders, um, accomplish more, exceed their goals in less time and less stress. And one key tool is an executive assistant. In fact, I'm also, you can expect, I'm going to throw in at the end of the podcast a little bit about chief of staff. I've been researching that. I've never actually gone and I'll explain a little bit of the differences of chief of staff versus EA. And also, if you hang on to the end, I'll let you know how you can find a free download PDF on. Uh, a complete job description of uh, EA, a detailed job description of EA. So anyhow, let's get going on this podcast. Um, And remember in context, most of the leaders that I'm coaching today are kind of between uh, the 40 million in gross revenue to all the way up to 800 million, Uh, but mostly in that 40 to 150 range of entrepreneurs, leaders that are trying to scale and grow and leverage their time with less stress. And uh, delegation is a key part of that. And good strategic executive assistants are a key part of that. So I'm going to cover today a little bit about compensation and options, and then also job description, and then talk a little bit about chief of staff, and then how to develop your EA. And I'll give you lots of resources if you want more detailed information on it. And then as I mentioned, a free detailed job description, I'll mention that at the end. So Here we go. Let's go with the options and some of the compensation side. So first of all, you can, if you're just starting out, if you're a smaller company, and I am surprised, most of uh, my RLG experience in uh, for 31 years was with um, uh, major multinationals, billion dollar organizations and plus, and they all had EAs and used them well and, and good high level experienced EAs. And most of these more entrepreneurial companies that I'm dealing with haven't leveraged that yet and haven't figured that out because they do watch their costs and their cash flow and their profitability quite closely. But I'm, uh, I think we're getting to a point where um, listeners are realizing that they need to have a good experienced EA. So here's the options. You can go to Upwork, um, which is a really cool website, and you can find you know, people for five hours a week for $5 to 15. This is offshore options I'm I'm dealing with right now. And um, they can handle a few of your things. Um, 
that I'll mention in a detailed job description for a more experienced one. Um, and that's one good option. Another good option, I listened to a very lengthy podcast by Tim Ferriss. It is number 694 for those of you. It's a two and a half hour podcast. Thanks, uh, Todd Collum, who is the president of the non-dealership side of Levitt uh, Machinery. Uh, Todd referenced me this one. And um, I think the gentleman named, the CEO's name, founder of Levels is Sam Korkos. And he's a big delegator. He talks about your guide to using your virtual assistants well, 10x your delegation, two and a half hours though. But anyhow, in the kind of 30 to 45 minutes, if you were listening to that, of podcast number 694, you'll hear Sam, you know, if you've listened to a Tim Ferriss podcast, they're extensive, they're detailed. He asks them all over the place questions. So if you're looking to just capture this part about how to hire and recruit and train EIs, EA is kind of the 30-minute to 45-minute, 46-minute is where you'll find most of it. Um, And Sam talks about uh, how to, and he found this agency called Athena in the Philippines. And they, I looked at their website. It's athenago.com, A-T-H-E-N-A-G-O.com on how to get an elite offshore uh, EA. So these are a little bit more experienced, usually $15 and up. So still very reasonable. Offshore, you don't have to contract them full time. Um, and they start with an assessment, which is, you know, clients that have worked with me, I love starting with assessment so you can figure out your real needs versus just a consultant or an EA coming in and trying to do everything for you. So uh, I have not used them, but um, Sam Korkos and Tim Ferriss and the group, uh, that's what they talk about. So that's your second option, Upwork, Athena. And then if you want a more local one, um, with help for some of the listeners and clients that listen to it, we did a little bit more research. Uh, in Utah, where I reside and have a few clients here, um, compensation, Kent Bullard, a COO of uh, We Are the Institute, uh, think, for example, auto body shops that are trying to be more profitable and scale. Kent and Cecil and the group do an awesome job and helps them be more profitable. They have a fantastic business there. Um, he did a little bit of research for me. For an average EA uh, salary in Utah, according to salary.com, is between 59 and 76, obviously based on experience, specific job responsibilities, and the size of your company. On Indeed uh, for Utah, the average was 61,000. And on Glassdoor, the average is 60.2. So that'll kind of give you, based on the experience level that you're getting, what you can expect to pay in Utah. I did a little bit more research in Vancouver, which I also have quite a few clients for. And the average there, depending on experience, let's say five years of experience, um, local, say partially virtual, partially on-site, you're going to pay between sixty-five dollars and $80,000 a year. Um, So that gives you a little bit of flavor of what you can pay for a really high level experienced EA uh, if you want to do more than just the offshore. If you're just starting and you're on a smaller size, I would would try Athena. I would try Upwork and then move up. But if you're in the bigger size of that range I mentioned, absolutely go for a five-year experienced EA at that kind of salary range. So those are some options you can get in the EA category. Job description-wise, and thanks to John Mutis, the president and COO of Levitt Machinery and Venturist Capital Corporation, 
um, and a great thinker, strategic thinker, and is really looking to get his first experienced EA on board. Uh, he gave me a great little list, and I'll just mention a couple of things um, that you can expect a good EA to do. But th there's a lot more in this list, and I'll and um, I, and I built it up a little bit. But for example, aid in managing schedules and fielding scheduling meeting requests, big one. It can take a lot of time and stress off. Allow you to keep in your core competencies and your strategic, stay in the in strategy mode or deep work mode. Uh, draft and respond to general emails as directed. Manage contact list, entering new contacts, keeping email distribution lists up to date, uh, communicating and following up on important tasks, meeting and dates, setting up meetings, aiding and developing PowerPoints, Word docs, and reports. Love that. I can just get the framework and the best ideas out and let them. Uh, Queenie Sang did a fantastic job at that, updating it, making it look professional, grammar, font. And we had other people on our staff do that as well. But a very experienced EA can, can handle that as well. Some corporations, the EA just does the meeting side. And then you have desktop publishers or uh, graphic people doing the other. A very experienced EA could do both. Uh, perform, perhaps perform some market research, research or competitive analysis for you. Book travel as required. You think, oh, it's simple. And I know, but train them. Take it off your list. More you can clear the back of your mind the more you'll be able to get into deep work in quadrant two and very strategic work. You cannot get in there if you're bogged down with detail, administrational details. I hit that hard in podcast one. I won't, I won't hammer it to death this time. Uh, perhaps you can even get an experienced one as you train them right, um, get on social media and then respond and post for you. So you don't have to do that. Um, Levitt uh, does a great job at that, keeping all their different dealerships updated on social media. And perhaps that's something you could get your EA to do and any other online research to get it started anyhow. Um, and so, and I'm going to mention here in a second how to properly train and develop them as well. But hopefully that gives you a flavor for some of the things that you can get an experienced EA to do. Um, okay. I just wanted to mention real quick, chief of staff. This is something that we typically think in politics and government but it can be, and it's really coming into private industry and entrepreneurship more and more. And I'll give you kind of three, I'm not going to give you any details here because I'm just learning about it and actually thinking about hiring a chief of staff. Here's three frameworks to think about the difference between a, a kind of a ordinary startup EA versus a chief of staff. One is they're working on strategic where your EA is working on tactical. Second framework is to think about the EA is working on your present, helping you this week or the next couple of weeks. Your chief of staff is helping you get to the future, working on future things. <laughs> so kind of let out, allowing you to get doing some of your quadrant two work. And then another framework to think about a chief of staff is really an extension of you. Isn't that an interesting way to think about that? You're out, you're multiplying. In fact, I found that research. There's an excellent article on founder and force multiplier. When I did some simple Google research, there's a nice article. Shout out to them. Thought it was a very nice article explaining the difference between EA and chief of staff. Sounds like this uh, individual actually has done both. So uh, had a really nice articulation of the difference between the two. So that's a little bit about uh, different options for EAs. Offshore, onshore, 
a little bit of tease out on the idea of EA versus a chief of staff. And then I just want to talk a little bit about how to train and develop them so that you don't fall into the, and there is a vetting process. There is a, some fit better. It's a little bit about like your psychiatrist, you know, might be very highly qualified, but uh, not a great fit. So there is a little bit of that um, testing out and finding, making sure it's a fit. Maybe you've got a, you know, a temporary 60 day tryout or something with a particular EA, even though they might be experienced a little easier to do when they're um, virtual or offshore. Um, but think about this, send them a detailed job description. Doesn't that fit nicely with what we talked about on delegation podcast number one about clear expectations? Um, secondly, train them both written and in video. Um, this Sam Corcos really talked about the value of Loom. I use uh, Vimeo, but um, explaining it once, you know, my wife, Cheryl, I'm so proud of her. She's gone back at 60 years old to do a internal interior design degree and in um, third third year. And I mean, they're learning sophisticated software that I think Reddit, uh, uh, um, all this software that architects have to learn. And um, she's doing so well, but they learn a lot through um, tutors and videotaping it and then watching the videotape again. And that's a great way to teach. And so that you don't have to redo the training experience uh, show show your EA or chief of staff what you want done uh, via video, and that can be maybe the last time you do it if you do it well, because then they've got that video from then on on how you like your PowerPoints updated or how you want your research done or any one of these number of tasks. Isn't that a great idea? Thanks to Sam and Tim Tim Ferris for that thought. Um, and then of course, put them on your one on one coaching agenda, whether it be weekly and then moving to every other week. Um, an hour, half an hour, uh, that's valuable time in training and development. And as I mentioned in the last pod podcast, it got to where Queenie, she was coaching me on the strategic stuff at the end of that. Right. Rick, have you done this? Have you thought about that? How are we doing on your top 20 list of uh, ideal clients and moving? What's the next step here, there? I know you're going to Houston. Have you thought about this? Um, and so they really, it's valuable time, not just upfront in training and development, but in helping you leverage your time and allowing you to be a true extension of yourself. So anyhow, that's podcast number two on delegation. Hopefully it's uh, valuable. If you want that free download of that job description that uh, John started and we've added to based on his listening of podcast one, I'd love to send it to you. Um, you can just email me at rickh at ciforlife.org. Anyhow, that's all for now. Love your feedback, thoughts, comments, shares, likes on the podcast. Cheers for now. Bye.